So we just pray, Lord God, that your life would be with us today, that you would speak to us, that you would change us, transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start today by talking about the obvious thing to talk about on Easter Sunday, which is a Russian astronaut called Yuri Gagarin. Obviously, it's the obvious place to talk about for Easter. Yuri, Yuri Gagarin was the first ever man into space, a Russian astronaut, and it was pretty much this time of year. It was in April, but in 1961. And when Yuri Gagarin got into space, the first man ever, ever in space, he looked out of the window and he said this, I don't see any God up here. Now, the reason why we're starting there today, which is the obvious place to start on Easter Sunday, um, is because if you guys didn't notice, trending on Twitter, on Facebook, last Friday, there was a blood moon, blood moon in the sky, like the eclipse, the lunar thing. Um, it didn't happen in the UK, but it happened in the US, and it happened in different parts of the world. And the reason this was trending online um, is because in the Bible, there's a passage in Joel, and it's also repeated in Acts, and it's also in Revelation. And so there were like some Christian scaremongers about the end of the world and all this kind of funny stuff that was kind of going online, which are pretty jokes. But this happened on the Friday, which is Good Friday. And so just this Friday gone, there was this blood moon eclipse. Now, the reason that's pretty cool is because literally when Peter is preaching in Acts chapter 2, he makes a couple of statements and he quotes the prophet Joel about I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and it, he reads down he reads down quoting through uh, Joel and it says that the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood in the day of the Lord and so Peter gives this kind of speech and so he lists a few different things about the Christ and about who he is about who Jesus is about his narrative his story and the Jesus story and then what happens is at the end of him giving this talk, a couple thousand people end up becoming followers of the way and joining in with this new movement that's starting, and that was the day of Pentecost. He gave that speech because people were speaking in tongues in the streets and all this kind of stuff. And so he gives this talk, and so these people are there 50 days after um, Jesus' death has taken place, Pentecost meaning 50, 50 days after. And so as he's given this bit about the prophet Joel, he's kind of reminding them what happened 50 days ago. He's not only telling them the Jesus story and who he is, but he's talking about the biggest signs that happened at that time, where in Joel he says about there'll be signs and there'll be wonders in the sky and the environment, and he talks about uh, the sun going dark, and it says that when Jesus was crucified, the, the sky, the sun went dark, and then it says um, in Joel that the, the moon was turned to blood. And so as he recites this to these people, they're like, oh, that's what that was about. So even if they weren't at the crucifixion, knowing that that's what was happening while Jesus was crucified, as he starts to list this prophecy, as he starts to tell this story, they're like, oh, the whole universe was aligning for this one moment. And so these thousands of people, some of them would have been from a Gentile background, some of them would have been from a Jewish background. As they heard about this kind of, this lunar thing, this blood moon eclipse, they would have been like, oh, that's why, that makes so much sense. So for this series that we're starting for the month of April, we're looking all about a leap of faith. Now, if you see on the City Hill website, um, you will see we've got this like huge design that's been done by Apollo, which is wicked, this big moon. 
and this man kind of climbing up a ladder, jumping, trying to reach it. And we've called the series kind of a leap of faith. And that's why I've started with this. So Yuri Gagarin, 1961, I don't see any God up here as he looked out the window, first man in space. The blood moon eclipse we had on, on um, Friday, just gone on Good Friday. And in 1969, all of that was kind of about to change. So there's this dude, Mr. Armstrong, that we've all heard about. I'm pretty sure we've all heard about the first man on the moon, uh, Neil Armstrong. And when he landed on the moon, he made this statement. The first man to step on the moon, he said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And very different from Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space, who said, I don't see any God. Neil Armstrong on the moon, while it was broadcast pretty much to most of the planet that had TVs, um, made this statement. He started to read from Genesis. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, this week, I bought a copy of New Scientist. And it's the belief edition, which I just thought, I was just walking past a news agent. I saw New Scientist were doing a whole flipping focus on belief. And I was like, oh, I'm so down with that. I've totally got to to get a hold of this. And a new scientist has said about a half of US adults endorse at least one conspiracy theory. So the whole point of this article was looking at the crazy in the world and uh, how half of American adults will endorse at least one. Doesn't mean they don't believe in more than one conspiracy theory, but will at least endorse one. And what's funny is, um, I guess if I were to talk about triangles, um, Rihanna, Beyonce, Jay-Z, whatever, throw a few things or a YouTube video out there, everyone would be going, oh my gosh, the Illuminati is the end of the world. Ah!" And it was just really strange. And one of the things I was saying in the article is that as soon as you have a particular opinion, if something comes that challenges that opinion, instead of being challenged by by that new information, we then just go to find more information to sustain our current position. So it's never like, okay, this new information has come to light, the Illuminati might not be real. Or, this new information has come to light, Rihanna doesn't even write her own lyrics, so she probably didn't mean that in the song. Wasn't really her, she's never written any songs, she's just paid to sing them, like, she doesn't even have any creativity in the process, but she's in the Illuminati for certain lyrics and certain movements in videos. She didn't choreograph the video, she doesn't have much creativity. Mm. So, unless it's an Instagram pose, she's pretty much guilt-free of pretty much most of the accusations. Not that I'm a Rihanna fan, I'm not trying to let her off. I'm just saying, she doesn't have that much in it, but we're bang, Rihanna's in the Illuminati. So I must find more information to support that Rihanna's in the Illuminati. And so there's all this kind of going on. Now, when we look at the moon landing, it's really funny how um, this is one of the most popular conspiracy theories that... Neil Armstrong never landed on the moon. It was all in the studio, never really happened, never took place. Actually, one of my favorite ever YouTube videos is of one of the guys who was on um, that trip with Neil Armstrong. I can't remember his name, but this conspiracy theorist just follows him and others everywhere saying, they never land on the moon, they never land on the moon. His whole YouTube channel is always dedicated to them not landing on the moon. It's like, man, get a life, you know? get a hobby, do something, get a girl, settle down. And he just follows him everywhere. And there's this one moment where he sees this guy who is like now really frail in his 70s or 80s. And he's like, you never landed on the moon. And his 78-year-old man just sucker punches him straight in the face. It's, it's a great meme. I love it. So we have this conspiracy theory. And it's like one of the most popular out there. And whatever it is we tend to believe, we tend to not be challenged by new information, but find new information 
to back that up. The last series we were doing was all about Sabbath and we were looking at a number of different things which are kind of important for the people of Israel, their way of viewing the world and actually still have effects on us today. So we were talking about Sabbath being this one day that they got off. They lived in a world where they were in slavery, they were oppressed, they were beaten, they were killed, they were robbed and they were downtrodden and they had no days off in the whole year. It was just solidly building bricks for the Egyptians. That's all they did, that's all they knew. God delivers them out of Egypt and he said, first thing he does is says, hey, every single week we have Sabbath, you have a day of rest, you have a day of enjoyment, a day that's holy to you, a day that's holy to me. We're going to have a party every single week celebrating freedom. And that's what Sabbath was. And that was awesome. And now they had something as a pointer for them because every single day was the same. It was monotonous and it was just built in to keep them down, to keep them oppressed. So they recognized certain things that we still kind of recognize today. So they knew what a day was. There was morning, there was evening, that was a day. Today for us, the lines are really blurred because we have light and electricity. Many of us will be on Netflix until 3 a.m. watching Breaking Bad until we've seen the next episode to get that fixed or whatever TV series has you hooked. But for them, it was like, okay, it's getting dark. We don't have any means other than a fire, so bang, gets dark, we go to sleep. Oh, it's bright, ah, my eyes, wake up, bang, go with it. So that was part of their rhythm that measured time. The next part wasn't really the week until the Sabbath was introduced. The next part for them was um, the revolution of the moon around the earth, which is a month. So they had these lunar cycles, which were really important to them. And then the last marking was the earth going around the sun, which was the year which we have. But for them, their calendar got a bit messy because they really observed the moon patterns, the lunar pattern rather than anything else. So sometimes they had 12 months in a year, sometimes they had 13 months in a year. Because on average, there's like 12.4 lunar months to a year. So it gets a bit messy. It doesn't fit into our Gregorian calendar that we all kind of roll with now. So it got a bit confusing. And they lived in a world so different to you and I where our phones automatically update and tell us it's a new month. They lived in a world where literally uh, two people would witness that there was a new moon. The first slither had come. It was starting all over again. And they would leg it to the Sanhedrin and say, there's a new moon. And then... If two people had testified and it was true, they would send out messengers throughout the whole country going, it's a new month, it's a new month. It's just like, so, when you you look back and you look at this stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, they operated like that? My phone just tells me, I don't remember what the date is. Like, I couldn't cope in that kind of society. I would just be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. What's happening in my life? And so all of this is kind of like the context of their world. They're in amongst this system of like judging by this period and that period, which is why throughout the whole of the Bible, you always read, it was the third new moon. And you're like, what the freaking heck? What does that mean? It's the third month. It's basically what it's saying. So it tells you what time in the year this is. Now, if you open your Bible to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and we will read. Joel 2.28 And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I'll pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness 
and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then one last place that we are going to read from today. Matthew 27, verse 32. So this is it. Jesus is been found guilty of claiming to be God, which is ironic because he is. Um, and so the crucifixion, here we go. Verse 32, Matthew 27. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of skull, they offered to him wine to drink mixed with gall. And when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them, casting lots. And they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You would destroy the temple in three days. Save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests and the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sakbathani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were opened. And many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, coming out of the tombs after his, resur- after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to Mary. To many. To Mary. Oh, that's hilarious. When the centurion... And those who were with him kept watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake took, and what took place. They were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. So within the context of this story, what we have is we have this moment coming to this climax. We have derision, we have mocking, we have ridicule. And on the other side of the line, we also have others who are looking at the signs and how everything is lining up. Not just in the words of his, his mouth, not just in the life that he lived, but in the exact moment that this is all taking place. They're looking at the signs. They're seeing the earth shake. They're seeing the darkness over the face of the earth. They're seeing this, um, what Joel talks about and what Peter drops as a bomb in Acts 2, where he quotes that same passage from Joel where he's saying about the darkness, they're like, oh, I remember that darkness. I remember that happening. The blood moon. Oh, yeah. I remember that going red. And like some of us, when we read that, we think of like the moon actually turning to blood. But what the commentators say, and this is 
this is scientifically true and this is why Friday was such a big deal and why Friday was so awesome is that on the Good Friday just gone, the 5th of April, over America and different parts of the world, the same eclipse was back and there was a blood moon hanging over the, the sky right there for all to see. And what that is is the whole universe is on this axis and just like they had their days of repetition, morning, evening, day gone. The moon changes in the sky, goes around in its rotation. The month is gone. The earth travels around the sun. The year is gone. But over the bigger period of time, there's the repetition of the same events again and again and again. And in science, you can see the pattern and the rhythm of the same moments in time happening again and again and again. And on April 3rd, 33 AD, as Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross... Israel had a lunar eclipse and the moon was red, blood red in the sky. And it was almost as if the whole universe was crying out in this one moment in time. He is who he says he is. We started the passage with um, a guy called Simon carrying Jesus' cross. And the reason that's important and the reason why that mattered to us is because we started off by looking at Yuri Gagarin who looks out of the window of his, of his spaceship and he looks out and he sees and he says, I don't see any God in space, not realizing the very instruments and the whole of space, the whole of the universe, the whole of the solar system is moving in exact accordance with God's plan that thousands of years ago, Joel can say that when the day of the Lord comes, <laughs> the sun will go dark. And the moon will be red. And you'll know that the day of the Lord is here. And those that call on his name will be saved. And that it all lines up in this moment of axis. And Yuri Gagarin is looking out at all those instruments, even the very fabric of this universe, testifying of who Jesus is. He says, I don't see God. No, Yuri, you just see all of that which aligns and testifies of who God is. And Armstrong said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And I think for me, what really stood out to me is I was looking over this and I was thinking about it. I was thinking of Simon. I was thinking of him carrying Jesus' cross. And I was thinking one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That Jesus calls us to take our part in the drama. That it's not just this distant, abstract idea of him laying down his life for mankind. It is, and he lays his life down for us freely. But he calls us to journey with him, to take up our cross and follow him. And that Simon, even in this glorious moment of redemption, as it all comes together, God is calling you, God is calling me, God is calling us together as a collective, as people, to follow in these footsteps, to actively take part in the story of redemption. That it's not this distant, abstract thing there, but it's here and it's now. And I've said it before, but as Albert Einstein says in his theory of relativity, that um, the faster you go, more and more compressed time becomes until it becomes instantaneous. Jesus in this moment on the cross, inside and outside of time, brought us alignment with God. He brought us wholeness with God. The story of Jesus is about humanity and the divine being able to coexist, that we can be at one with God. And so today, as we celebrate Easter Sunday, I want us to connect with the divine because Jesus made it possible that you and I can live in harmony with this 
God. Now, for all of us, we may have come and we may have different angles, different ways of looking at things. And just because you grew up in a church background um, doesn't mean you have a particular view. I spent this week with some uh, ultra, ultra liberal kind of Christians. So it doesn't matter where you come from, you'll have different ideas. But today what I want to present to us is I want to present the case that the whole, not only Christians who bang on about Jesus, but I want to present the case that the whole universe is crying out that Jesus is who he says he is. And that Friday doesn't prove everything, but what it does prove is that when the Bible says the moon was red on the day when Jesus, that there was eclipse and that Jesus died at the moment that happened, Friday proves that's what happened then and that's what happened this Friday and there'll be another time when it'll happen again. And science can see those dates and tell that those things happened on those dates. And so the whole of the universe is crying this out. Now for us today is the question. We can be one of two people. We can be like Yuri Gagarin and we can look out at the universe. We can look out at our lives, the world we live in, and we can say, I don't see any God. Or we can be like Neil Armstrong. And this morning we can take one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. One small step for us into connecting with this God, to this giant leap towards a utopian dream that is achievable through the cross where Jesus talked about his kingdom is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. And so this morning, I'm going to pray for us, but I would love you guys to talk to Jesus about where you're at, where you could be real how you are, no matter how liberal, conservative, or nothing to do with the faith. You can connect with him in your own way. But I want us to approach this. I've given us today not something which is just textually like the Bible says the Bible's real (laughs) I'm saying the Bible says the Bible's real I'm saying the universe is crying the same thing at the same time and the universe is testifying to who Jesus is not just him testifying to himself Father I thank you Lord that we see so many different types of people all throughout history we see those who look at everything there is and they don't see you Um, I thank you also for those who see you in everything like Neil Armstrong and the moon when he started to read from the Genesis um, narrative Father, we just welcome you here this morning. Father, we acknowledge that this is a day when Christians tend to remember your resurrection. Friday was a day when we recognized your death. Um, Father, we just thank you um, that you are, that we believe you are who you say you are. And we just ask that today would be a day where we would be able to take that step closer towards you, Father. No matter how big or how small that step may be. We totally believe in this statement, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We believe, Father, that if we can take a small step towards you, we can take a giant leap for the bigger collective. That as we become more and more like you, we become more and more beneficial and more of a blessing, servicing our community, our friends, our family, and those around us. Um, Father, we know that you have called us to love. Your word says, God is love. And it says, no greater love has a man than this, than the one who gives his life for his friends. I call you friends. You gave your life for us. Um, You died on a cross for us. You rose again for us. And you ever live, make an intercession for us at the right hand seat of God. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. And we just pray this morning that you would meet with us as we are. (coughs) And that we would know you in a new way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.